the uh, publisher of SunDevilSource.com, Chris Cartman, joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Chris, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to be with you guys. Um, what a difference five years makes in terms of reaction to an introductory press conference, huh? When we were all scratching our heads after that weird press release and Herm Edwards' statements during his uh, press conference and then Kenny Dillingham doing exactly what he needed to do, uh, firing up the, the, the masses uh, in Sun Devil Nation with his introductory press conference. Just your overall thoughts on, on, on the hire uh, and what we've seen so far from Kenny Dillingham. Yeah, so I've been saying for years now that uh, the last four ASU coaches have not had a lot of the local institutional knowledge, regional knowledge that has a tremendous amount of value uh, to the position. These coaches have had to kind of learn things on the fly. It's often taken them years um, uh, or maybe not that long, but but almost too long uh, for them to figure out a bunch of things that Kenny Dillingham already understands, right? Uh, He doesn't have to to uh, figure out what recruiting is like in Arizona. He doesn't have to figure out what uh, the, the situation is with fans and the community. Uh, he, he went to ASU. He grew up in Scottsdale. He knows all these things. He's talking about Ajo Al Salsa at the, at the press conference. Um, and, and so the, the, the value of that really is that he doesn't have to figure out what he needs to know. To, to get started at ASU. And he doesn't have to, it, that matters in terms of building a staff, that matters in terms of the talent acquisition component of what you're doing, that matters in terms of your interaction with uh, your administration, uh, figuring out how to cut through red tape and, and uh, booster engagement and outreach, all these areas. He's so far further ahead. And also, I think very importantly, we talked about relationships, and he talked about there's no sacrifice, there's no substitute for, for, for putting in time. Uh, that's what leads to good relationships. And uh, people know that ASU struggled to recruit locally for a long time now, probably 15 years, uh, quite significantly. And uh, what Dillingham does is he brings someone who understands that he might not get kids the first time around, mm-hmm. but in the transfer portal era, he'll have an opportunity to get those kids on a bounce back if he wants them due to the time that he's putting into the relationships on the front end. Which I think is a, a very important point because there's been such a stress put on local recruiting, and yes, it does need to improve, but for me, it's still very simple. Yeah, you add the NIL um, factor in the last couple of years, Chris, but the reason why local kids weren't coming to ASU to play their, their college football is ASU wasn't winning enough football games. Um, so those two things, and that's, that still needs to happen in any formula. Uh, how far away are they from being able to do that in your mind? Well, look, so the NIL thing, uh, over the next year to two years, I think people are kind of come to understand that a lot of the numbers that are out there are not very accurate. Um, yes, Jordan Addison is getting a huge amount of money, and ASU can't compete for those types of guys. Uh-huh. But there's really only probably a handful of players in the Pac-12, mostly at USC and Oregon, who are commanding six figures uh, in, in the NIL marketplace. And, and everybody else, there's a lot of talk about they might get numbers or things are promised to them, but then you, they get to schools and and it's not that easy to actually get that amount of money. So, um, is not going to be able to just walk in and automatically convince everybody, hey, you're not going to actually get that much money if you go somewhere else. But what's going to happen over time is there's going to be, be an understanding that's shared amongst players about how much they actually really make.
Uh, and that, that will have a benefit. Now, ASU gained a million dollars uh, committed uh, by Nap Lawrence, and then I heard that they have had uh, about 700000 uh in, in the last several days after that from uh, the, the biggest NIL collective, the Sun Angel Collective, uh, committed to them. So they're going to be able to have money to try to keep their best players. Elijah Badger, uh, Jalen Conyers, I think those guys are probably the most uh, like worthy and capable of going out and getting some money on the open market if they decided they were going to try to do that. They have no indication as yet that they are. But um, just the, the ability for ASU to try to keep some of the top players on the roster and then also see if there is some targeted opportunities to go out and grab a few players that could have a big impact, especially probably on their defense. Hey, Chris, this is Larissa Alexander here, and, and I have a ton of friends that are uh, obviously ASU alum and, and love the program, and last night we were actually talking um, over dinner, you know, about the collective. they already been hit up, uh, you know, donate, be a part of the collective. How does that work, or how do you think it's going to work as far as keeping the players that you mentioned, seeking out other players, right? Because in, in the NFL, it's very streamlined, right? You have a GM that uh, attributes a certain value to certain free agents. How does that? How is that going to work? How is that going to be managed, you know, uh, at the ASU college level? Yeah, so I think really there's no secret who the best players are on a, on a college team. Like, everybody kind of knows, oh, that's wide receiver one. Oh, that's ASU's best offensive lineman. That's their top... Uh, pass rusher, right? And um, so essentially, uh, and, and by the way, the, the coaches, they're not going to be uh, shy about saying those things. Like, they're going to publicly put out there to the ether, hey, these, these, these are our best players. These are, the, these are the players that are most important to what we're trying to build going forward. And basically you have the this, you know, this collective, um, which they're listening, they're absorbing all of these statements. They, they have relationships with people who, who know the coaches. Um, so, so from a, a who's already on the roster standpoint, uh, that's going to be pretty easy. Now, a more difficult thing is uh, which players are out there that are uncommitted, that are high school recruits or transfers who could command money on the marketplace. And I think what, what, what's going to happen is the, the public reporting about those players um, where where they're at in terms of the schools that they're considering, uh, if they are seriously involved with ASU, and to what degree, those are the things that are going to probably end up being cues for the NL Collective about okay, this is somebody that we need to understand what the uh, what the value is on on this person in the marketplace, and then they're able to have those types of conversations either directly or with. Uh, representatives uh, of the players and that that's just that's the new lay of the land ASU's not going to probably be able to go get a lot of the five star high four star guys who are who have opportunities to go to the SEC or the Big Ten or USC that's that's that reality is not changing I don't think but as I said, they'll have the ability to get guys at the secondary marketplace uh, who are either maybe star players at uh, non-Power 5 schools that want to play out but don't have the opportunity to go to Alabama, Ohio State, Texas, whatever. Uh, you know, Or they have the ability to get guys that want to come back home or be more more proximal to the region where they grew up. Mm-hmm. Chris Cartman from SunDevilSource.com, the publisher, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Before we let you go, I want to shift gears to basketball real quick. Uh, the quickest answer you can 
give because we're up against it, Chris. But the Marcus Bagley situation uh, is, is a strange one with his Twitter activity. We talked to Bobby Hurley earlier this week, and he said there's just no minutes for Marcus. The suspension is what it is. The reasons behind it are still kind of fuzzy. I mean, how do you sum up and, and, and take a look at the future of Marcus Bagley in this program? I think it's clear what happened was um, there was an incident after the NAU game. Badly admitted it. I've heard that that was the case from other people. Um, some things were said that shouldn't have been, uh, and uh, everybody kind of agrees about that part. But then after that, what happened was Hurley wanted to keep the the, the whole incident in-house and how they were going to deal with it in-house. Uh, he was basically saying, which a part, a part truth, but not the entire story, but, but true, that other players were doing well, that there weren't minutes for Marcus at that point in time because of the way that they were playing and how deep that they were. There was another component to the story that he uh, decided to not tell because he wanted, again, to keep that private. Uh, Bagley was deciding that he was going to air out a lot of these things. And it was the airing out of the information on on Twitter that caused the issue, not the fact that there was a public acknowledgement of Bagley being wrong. Yeah, what a mess. <laughs> Do you think we see Bagley back in uniform anytime soon? I think it's very unlikely. Uh, I would say that there is a, a, a very high chance that he doesn't play for ASU again. Because the second... The second tweet, which he then deleted, about telling players, you know, uh, be careful about where you go to college because coaches will tell any say anything to build you up, and then um, you know, bring carry you down or whatever he said. I'm paraphrasing, but that 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 doesn't work. You can't you can't do that after you already know why you got in trouble and why you weren't playing to begin with. There's we're in this era where where young athletes feel like they that it's okay to go and just like put everything on social media. And it isn't your coach, especially in college gets to decide what the rules are about those types of things. Mm-hmm. Like just because you are a star player in your own mind, uh, you think you're, you're, you're important and you're super valuable and you're going to do whatever you want to do. It doesn't work like that. And so this is a lesson I would say more so for players to understand that you're going to have to, to adhere to the rules wherever you go. And there's no reason why Hurley would want Marcus, badly to fail. He spent the last two seasons trying to massage the situation when he's been mostly on the sidelines due yeah. to injury and saying nothing but positive things about him. Yeah, Chris, great stuff. Appreciate the time as always. We'll talk soon.